You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective. It's a great night as we talk pirate hoops and much more, I'm sure, life. And that, uh, by the way, I want to bring in Bubba Rosenbaum. I just noticed that picture for the first time, that caricature you made. It looks like I'm a bank robber. But anyway, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to watch the show live or archive. What's up, Bubba? What's going on, Dave? I uh, hope you had an excellent Christmas. Um, it's hard to believe it's coming gone. Um, Christmas break. Uh, we'll be gone before we know it. Uh, we'll be back in school. But, uh, you know, looking forward to tonight, talking some basketball with Pirates. Uh, we'll play for the first time in over a week on Friday night. And, uh, you know, who better to have on the show? A guest we've had on multiple times in the past. But um, East Tennessee State legend, and that is, of course, Mr. Jennings. Mr. Jennings, we appreciate your time again. Hey, thank you, guys, man. Uh, always looking forward to these conversations. And happy holidays. Hope you guys had a good a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, back to reality more as I go back to work uh, for a couple of days, just two days this week. I feel like Johnny Carson, but um working. But anyway, uh, mister, it's great to have you back as I know that first off, you've had some life changes as now you're going, you're back from the girls side in college to uh, the boys in high school. Yes, yes. A full circle moment. I'm, I'm back in my old high school at Copa County High School coaching the boys uh, varsity basketball team. Um, definitely, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to put the words into, into into form to say how appreciative I am for this opportunity. I, I always said if I ever got a chance to come back and coach at my old high school before my coaching career was done, it would be like another blessing, another dream come true. And, you know, I'm just thanking God for this opportunity and, uh Definitely. It's, it's definitely a change, but being able to be at home and uh, walking back in that gym that, you know, where it all started is just uh, a, re a remarkable feeling. No doubt you're East Tennessee State Hall of Famer. As people see on the screen, people listening, then uh, they may not know that. But we'll be talking about the Pirates and the Bucks. Uh, I guess it's a pirate duel on Friday night at Menchie's Coliseum <laughs> and uh, Williams Arena at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. But, mister, I have to ask you, because you're um, like me, and I know Bubba's the same way. We take pride in our alma mater as far as high school is even concerned. Is it more um, – I ask people this all the time, people that take jobs back at their alma mater being college or high school. Do you find yourself now putting more pressure on yourself because you want to win so badly and you're one of the greats there? Also, to – you know, people maybe – and maybe they put more pressure on you because you're – really good and they say he's the second coming he's gonna take us to big places <laughs> well you know i mean i think it's i think it's a win-win so to speak you know because i know when we had success back in the day when i was playing um you know it was just great to see what that did for this community and so now that i'm back and they haven't had that much success here recently but they had been they have still been successful so to speak coach thompson uh, the, the former coach did a really good job up until a certain point where now 
you know, we have another high school in our area, Eastern View, and they're like, a, I guess, a friendly rivalry type thing. So now kids get to make a decision whether they want to come to Culpeper or go to Eastern View. And so now that I'm back, you know, um, it's good that I know a lot of the families, a lot of these guys that I play with are now parents or families and friends of, of ours for so long. So I'm hoping to sway their opinion towards Culpeper and get some of these kids that should be going to Culpeper back in our area. But uh, it's definitely a, a challenge. Uh, I think this generation thinks the game a little bit differently than what we did. Uh, and like I said, I feel like I'm built for it and I'm excited about it. One of the things, too, Mr., that uh, people don't understand is uh, I, I remember Dean Smith and also uh, I know Roy Williams talked about Michael Jordan was one of the first in the gym and one of the last. Uh, you know, he was a gym rat. There's so many great guys out there and great ladies out there that they put in the work. And I think a lot of these kids, not to sound like I'm an 80-year-old man back in my day, but I don't think the kids, it's like sports center. I don't think they realize how many hours – Mr. Even though Mr. is great, how many hours you have to put in to make that uh, those shots on the floor? You know, sometimes I almost feel like I'm bragging when I tell these kids some of the things that I did. And it's almost like it's, it gets to that point where it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, old man, that was your time back then. Now it's our time. And, you know, I'm just trying to adjust to that because I don't want to be that one that's going to always talk about what my teams did and being the all-time leading scorer in our, in our whole district, you know, and things that, you know, just talking to some of these young guys about what's the difference between a shooter and a scorer, and it's how important if you can do both, how you can advance your career possibly. You know, I think a lot of these young players, you know, I, I think they want it, but I'm just trying to give them the knowledge. It's, it's like no shortcuts. It's no secrets. You, you kind of got to get out there and you got to work really hard. You got to challenge yourself to be the best basketball player you can be. It's not going to be easy and um, it'll be all worth it if you, you know, you put your, if you dedicate yourself to it. And, you know, that's what I'm just trying to get these kids to understand and believe in right now. You got to believe in yourself, but at the same time, you got to put the work in. And, you know, guys like us, like you say, we're kind of the old school of, the, of this generation now. And we can tell, you know, I could tell when guys aren't in shape. I could tell when guys aren't working on their game because, you know, we've seen it. We've seen these certain type of players and, Unfortunately for high school, you know, a lot of times that's where the that's where the dream ends. But you know, I, I'm happy to be back. I'm also understanding too. This is where it can be as purest. You know, uh, high school basketball. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, if, if if you don't get to that next level, but you have success in high school, I think you kind of build a mystique and a, or a legend about yourself. And you know, I'm hoping some of these kids understand that. I'm I'm hoping I will help lead them to understand what it feels like to win a a, a district championship and to hopefully win a regional and a state championship, man. That's, that's something I would love to do as a coach. And I'm just looking forward to trying to lead them in that direction. No doubt about it. And uh, Bubba, I know you had a, a question. Well, Shell and chiming in from Charlotte tonight saying, uh, hello boys from the queen city. Hello, Keith uh, was a big fan of yours back in the day. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, Thanks for that. Appreciate yeah, Mr. That. Mr. This kind of guy that, you hope that he's on your team and you hope that he, if you're not, if uh, he's not on your team, that he doesn't have the ball at the end of the game or end of the half or we can make a buzzer beater or whatever. I'll tell you, um, automatic ice in the veins. Uh, but I know you were talking about that with the guys now today. One question I had for you, 
uh, we talk a lot about the show uh, college-wise with East Carolina, and I'm sure East Tennessee State has the same dilemma right now with uh, NIL, a transfer portal, all that kind of stuff. I just want to get your thoughts. We were talking in the green room right before the show, our pre-show meeting, if you will, by NIL, and um, something that upset me, I was going to tell you, Mr., and I want to save it for the show, uh, to add to what you were talking about is I was really disappointed with uh, that's a nice word I'll use because we're a family <laughs> show with our, <clears throat> with our state uh, general assembly um, because the legislators got involved with uh, blocking NIL. Um, I haven't heard anything recently. That was back in gosh, the summertime I want to say. And I believe that if co- a college kid, this is just my personal opinion. I'm going to throw this to you. Mr. and Bubba and Shell and Justin, everybody that's listening and watching right now live is my feeling is it what's the difference in a college kid if they can make money off their name, image, and likeness. For example, Maba Mater is Riverside High. Um, it used to be Williamston High in Williamston, North Carolina, eastern part of the state, north of Greenville. And I don't have a problem if they want to go to a local restaurant, car dealership, and they have them one of the local high school kids making money, uh, a two hour uh, they're, they're at appearance there and they sign autographs to me. What's the difference in a high school kid and a college kid doing the same thing? I don't think it is no difference. You know, I think, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the difference. I really don't. I mean, when it comes down to your likeness and you know, you got a following that, that these young people or these businesses want to help brand. I don't, I don't see why you can. I don't see how you can stop anyone from being able to make money to help themselves, help their families. So it's. Um, I wish. I wish we would have had this when I was at East Tennessee State. You know what I'm saying? It would have been a, uh, been a been an even more wonderful ride. But uh, you know, sometimes the the next generation get to reap the benefits of the hard work that we put in. So. I'm all for it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be the type that's going to hate on these young people like, oh, they, they're lucky. They're not the same player that we were and <clears throat> they get all these benefits that we should have got. I mean, that's sometimes you miss the boat on some of these type of activities that, that comes into the into the world. But, you know, I'm all for it. I think uh, I mean, I think as a parent, I would want my child to be able to be financially successful and handle anything that they want to handle. And if they can do that at an early age, then of course, you know, that's less stress for us. So I'm all for these young people putting in the work, uh, having somebody that believes in them and want to pay them to help move them along in life. I I think that's, I think this, I like the direction that it's going in. And maybe with North Carolina, the, I know the, the legislators don't watch our show, or listen to our show, but maybe they do. Um, but that's one of the things that they, you know, it's funny how the people say, and I'll just say this generically, how politicians, and I'm one now, so I've got to be careful. But <laughs> <laughs> but as far as overreaching, to me, that's overreaching. When you block something, you're denying an opportunity for kids. Um, and I have no issues whatsoever. If, uh, you know, you were talking about eighth graders. If a high school kid, can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Hey, <laughs> God bless him. I mean, right. what is wrong with what's the difference with a kid that is making a hundred? He has this invention and he makes a hundred thousand dollars on a small business. What's the difference in that and a kid um, that can play at a high school? And I know Shell, our, Shell, our good friend that lives in Charlotte in the Queen City. Some of those big high schools, Myers Park, 
some of them that have a lot of money are um, Charlotte Catholic. If they say, hey, if you come to our school, we're going to pay you hundred grand a year to play basketball or football or lacrosse, whatever. I have no, no, uh, his great son, Randy, tremendous athlete. And we, he and I are showing our friends. If Randy could make $100,000 a year, I know Shell would love that, but I have no, I'm not going to feel, I don't feel as an old man, like, oh my God, Randy's making a hundred thousand dollars a year. If Randy wants to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and it's legal, so be it. Yes. I'm sorry, Shell, if I'm putting you on the spot there with your son, I'm just saying, and same thing with you, mister, uh, with your, uh, with your kids, my kids, Bubba's kids, if we, if our kids can make money, then what's wrong with that? I just don't have a problem with that. I don't see why sometimes, uh, I know people want to say about, you know, the amateurism of it, but let's face it, mister. And you were, and you were involved in, in college, high school, uh, basketball at the highest levels. That stuff has been going on before we were born and it'll be going on after we were passed away. Um, for that, so I'll get off I mean, my stuff. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I agree with you. I, I just think, you know, I, I can remember signing autographs in high school, and you know, at, at that point, I was just like, "Wow, I can't believe here's a tenth grade." I got the little kids asking me for my autograph, and it was just like some of the most incredible, you know, feelings just to have as an athlete. And then next thing you know, you become a pro, and now they're paying you to sign your autograph. So I'm like. You know, like you said, I've seen it from both spectrums. You know, I, I understand the, the the pureness of just being that athlete, just finding your way. But then all the work that you put in that nobody sees, and then all of a sudden now is it's, it's a luxury to have your signature on a card and be able to make money for it. I just think that's on, on the small scale of things. I think that is something that I think people should take advantage of. I mean, I, I just think I think it's their right to. I mean, if. If, if sports is what you're doing or whatever job that you're going to try to do and you can get paid doing it, I think you got to take advantage of it. I just think it's, I think it's unfair for certain people to say you got to be of this age. And like you just said, you can create a video game and get paid. And I mean, yeah. I even saw what I think it might've been the boxer, Devin Haney. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade. Now, what parent would probably let their kid drop out of school, but exactly. this kid is now the under one was was one of the undisputed boxing champions at the age of twenty two. So I mean, are we are we going to be mad at his life decision when he dedicated himself and became like the best? I mean, I, I just I just I just don't know where we're going with this. It's just if you can provide for your family at a young age, I mean, I don't I don't think that's a problem. I don't think you have to be in your forties, fifties or sixties and providing when, you know, you got the ability to do it in other means. I know Bubba would agree if his son Riley could, uh, could support the family, <laughs> he and Stacy could retire his wife and they could just sit home and, um, and just chill. Right, Bubba. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sure you know any parent would love that opportunity for, for their child and their family. But at the same time, you know, if you're being realistic, I mean, you, you definitely have to, to do everything you can to prepare them, you know, as, as a coach and as a parent, uh, you know, for the realities that are going to exist with that money, as far as you know, friends wanting to borrow that money. And then uh, probably some, you know, probably more likely to, to pay it back than others. And, the, and all those sorts of things, paying taxes, uh, something we've heard a lot of talk about. I mean, hey, and that's something that I know most of these schools are doing a good job of educating their guys 
and uh, getting them uh, squared away in that regard so Uncle Sam doesn't come calling and get themselves into trouble at a young age. But um, before we talk some more about current college basketball topics and re results through non-conference play, you know, let's hone in on Friday night's game and the Pirates and the Bucks uh, playing um, for the first time in nearly 30 years. The last time East Carolina and East Tennessee State played in basketball was 94-95. And the Pirates and Bucks met two times that year, um, with the second being in the first game in the new williams Arena Minchies Coliseum. So hard to believe um, that it's been that long. But um, taking a look at this team, the Bucks, like East Carolina, 7-5. and five. Their best win, in my opinion, was that win early on against Davidson. A really nice out-of-conference win there in Johnson City. Uh, mm -hmm. They've won four out of their last five, and that lone loss came at Utah State the last time out, 80-65, to and Utah State's 12-1. and So uh, tell us what you can about this ball club, Mr. Jennings. I mean, you know, um, I mean, just a little backstory. I think I, if I recall, I remember uh, when – Coach Lebo had worked with us. I believe he uh, went to East Carolina. Jeff yep. Lebo, was he? Yeah, he Jeff did. Jeff Lebo, uh, after, after he was let go at Auburn, Terry Holland brought Coach Lebo to East Carolina, and he had some he had some um, really good seasons. And um, and then yeah. you know, they went a little south of the end, but Coach right, Lebo right. – You know, that's how it goes with us coaches. We can't stay on the on the, on the the mountaintop forever at all. Seems like it takes a little feel, but uh, – yeah, I, I think uh, just just keeping up with East Tennessee this year, you know, I, I see how successful they've been at home. You know, now just going on the road, where I think all coaches try to make sure players know, you know, the road is different. And uh, I see where you guys are a little tougher at home, also. So, you know, I think being a luxury of your own home is always going to be an advantage to an extent. But you know, I, I think uh, it should probably be a good athletic game, man. It looks like both of these teams are trying to find their way still getting as we get close to this uh, conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I, I just think both teams are heading in a good direction right now. So it's, it's going to be an interesting game to see, I believe. No doubt. And uh, Bubba with, uh, I wanted to mention this and let you ask a question, uh, interject really fast. Isn't it, uh, we still have the holiday pricing for tickets, only $8, Bubba. This is the last yeah. game for that, right? This like the Delaware state game, um, Back on the 20th, I guess it was, um, last time out, um, both of those games um, with the students being on break and just encouraging folks to get out to the game, yes, uh, $8, $8 tickets. So definitely um, you know, go to ecupirates.com or just come on out to uh, Minji's on Friday night, 7 o'clock tip-off, and um, let's create a good atmosphere. Uh, you know, Definitely need to do what you can uh, without the pep band there and without the students there. Uh, to do so uh, and, and against Delaware State, right around 4,000, not just shy of 4,000 in attendance and not a bad atmosphere uh, given the date of that game. But um, as I look over the numbers for the Bucks, uh, mister, I, I see Jaden Seymour. Jaden had 30 and nine uh, against Utah State. That really stood out. 6'8", uh, mm -hmm. 205-pound junior forward out of Charlotte. And he's also second on the team at, uh, with three-pointers. Uh, with 15 made, and then you also have uh, Kamari Patterson, um, um, 6'1 junior guard out of Gary, Indiana, and then mm. and then I believe it's Ebby Asamoah, uh, if, if I'm saying that correctly, a 6'5 senior guard out of Maryland. Um, that trio 
uh, they're averaging uh, well over half the, the Bucks points and then taking mm-hmm. right at 55% of the shots. I mean, it's, it's a good group. You know, unfortunately, just being back home, I don't get the chance to see them as much. But uh, like I said, I still keep in contact with my Buck brothers and Marty and Calvin. They, they visit practices and they are able to watch games a little bit more regularly than me. So, um, but yeah, Seymour seems like he's finally catching the rhythm. I did get to meet him last year along with some of the other guys. Uh, but I think, I think um, coaches have, they got, their, they got these guys starting to believe in themselves a little bit. And, um, you know, they, they know they always have the Buck Brothers support. We call them the Buck Nephews. So we always, you know, in, our, in their ear, letting them know that, you know, no matter what we might have accomplished in the past, you know, it's you guys' turn now. And, you know, we just want nothing but the utmost success for you guys. And, you know, I'm sure East Carolina has the same things working with their teams, man. I think this game of basketball is a brotherhood. And, you know, anytime we can give these young people knowledge to help them move forward, I think that's I think that's on our on our plate to do it. And, uh, Mr., by the way, if you want, well, I've got seats right behind the bench uh, for East Tennessee State. So if you want to hang out with us, there's like three rows from from where the players are. So if you want to come and hang out. I know Justin, though, he's on the opposite side of us. He has courtside seats, so whichever you would like, I'm sure. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to try to take you up on one of them. I, I don't know. We just, we've been on break, too, so we just started practicing a little bit now. Okay. So I'm happy to have these young kids back up in the gym. I, even though it don't look like too many of them picked up a basketball over the break, it's still good to get them back in there and try to get them ready for this second half of the season. And yeah, get, was, get them in there run, running some lines, or as, as we called them back in our days, suicides. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, how, see who got some conditioning in. Exactly, exactly. How are you guys doing, by the way? We'll get back to East Tennessee State. How is your team doing so far? Uh, we're three and seven. You know, we, we kind of got a, a different mix. You know, before they – I think before they found out who was going to be the new coach, you know, they won six games last year. So, I think some of the players was weren't too, you know, serious about maybe rejoining the team. And once they realized it was me, then, you know, some of them, it was too late for them to try out. So I could tell this is going to be a, you know, it's going to be something to turn things around. But like I said, I, I, I believe, I think all coaches know once, once you get a good group of kids and you get that opportunity to watch them grow from eighth graders on up, then hopefully by that time, their seniors, you know, there'll be the program will be in some type of traditional type of system that, you know, now you can keep filtering these young kids through. But but like I said, that's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, I, I believe we're going to definitely be better. I think I think them getting used to me because, you know, these young kids, they seem like they're so, they're so much quieter than we were. You know, like when we walk in the gym and I can just remember when I was in high school or in college, you know, it was always some type of you know, voices going on, trying to get everybody ready to, for the game. But these days, it's like so quiet. It's like, what is game day not the same game day? Because I remember game day, I'm waking up. I'm excited right. to test my skills against this this opponent. And right now, I sometimes, you know, at the end of a game, you can't tell who's the winner or who's the loser. No, it's really like, it's not, it's not like a lot of emotions being showed in. I'm just trying to get these kids to believe in something, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll pick it up this uh, second semester. 
Now, before we get back to some college basketball, we had another question from Shell, um, saying big fan, um, as as he mentioned earlier. But you know, who was the best player you ever played against? In uh, we'll say college first, and then also in the NBA, and uh, and what made them so great? Oh, in college, I would. I mean, I, I I was blessed to play against a lot of really good guards, but I think. Probably my junior year, I ran into Kenny Anderson. He was just a freshman. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that that game really kind of opened my eyes to, like, and, you know, I, I think they, the, the notoriety that Kenny was getting at that time was, you know, it kind of made me feel like if I played well against them, then maybe I would get noticed. And, you know, even though they did beat us in the tournament, you know, I did have a pretty cool game, which kind of, you know, put me on a, on a good platform for my senior year. And then – um. I would say, I mean, what made Kenny special was his court vision. He was very, his, you know, I think as a point guard, your vision, if it's superior, then, and you can deliver the ball, I think that makes you special. Not to mention that, you know, being from New York City, you know, these guys got handles, they can handle it. And uh, his shooting was definitely solid, but, you know, I don't think it was like, you know, I would have to, I felt like if I played against him, when I played against him, I wanted to give him the shot more so than let him attack. Uh, but then when I when I got to the pros, I would have to say Gary Payton. You know, oh, he man. was he would always, you know, I got posted up a lot, and he was one of the ones that it was like automatic. So a, a lot of times, Coach Nelson would, you know, put Tim Hardaway on him and maybe let me guard a jump shooter. But you know, sometimes they would still try to go into the post too. But it wasn't it wasn't easy down there. But you know, it was just one of the things that I knew I was gonna have to deal with. But in the NBA, you know, I, I couldn't stop just the Gary. You know, Muggsy was was tough. Kevin Johnson was tough. Mark Price was tough. I mean, every every night, Jay Kidd, every night you had to deal with, with a problem. <laughs> and, and then plus I had to, to go against Tim Hardaway every day in practice. So that in itself was a was more challenging than a lot of other things. You bring it up memories there with Lethal Weapon 3 there with Kenny mm-hmm. Anderson and company. Man, 19, yep. 1990, right? Yeah. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was my high school days, Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, that was my junior year of high school. I remember that year very, very well. In fact, Kenny Anderson, if he had stayed, man, for Georgia Tech, uh, he would have been one of the yeah. all-time greats in the ACC. He was no doubt incredible. <laughs> I believe, no did they doubt. make it to the Final Four that year? Off the yeah, top I of think head. they did. I think who I think the UNLV beat them. I think UNLV beat them, or was yeah. it UNLV? I think. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Mister, I've tried to educate my son, who's in sixth grade now. Um, you know, we've gone to probably ten plus Hornets games over the last two or three years, and you know, when he sees Larry Johnson and you know, some of those those faces in the arena or on yeah. social media on YouTube, uh, I'm telling him about uh, Tark the Shark and, and those great UNLV teams. And, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun uh, to watch those guys. But uh, you're kind of um, you know, bringing it back to the, the present, you know, and kind of connecting the past and present, uh, you, you take a look at, um, obviously, all those successful teams that you had at ETSU that you were a member of, uh, Chattanooga, and that was a – a cool show where we had uh, you and Mac McCarthy on the the same time, yep. Uh, and then uh, obviously James Madison uh, having so much success under Lefty yes. Giselle back in those days. Um, 
how about the success the Dukes are having this year? Um, they're off to a 12-0 start, ranked in the top 20, and they have a win over a, a top five Michigan State team to start the year. I mean, you know, that's that just goes to show you, man. I mean, in this game of basketball, anything can happen. You know, I was fortunate enough to come in with a group of guys at East Tennessee State, and, um, you know, our work ethic helped change the whole landscape of what, basketball in Johnson city look like. Um, and then, you know, you just, you understand it, that this, it is what it is. You can, you can be undersized or you can be hardly recruited and, and you can still be successful. And to me, you know, whether you win championships or not, you build relationships with these, with certain people that's going to last forever. And I think those times that you're able to win championships, it just puts that friendship on a whole nother level because when you know when you see somebody putting in the work like you are when you when you when you go to the track and you out there jogging and then the next thing you know you see a couple of teammates show up and now y'all all running together you know it's it's that common purpose of we got to get we got to become better as individuals and then collectively as a unit we can we will we'll match our skills against anybody else and once you start doing that and you start seeing success I think that was the main thing for us. You know, once once we tasted that, I think our sophomore years when we won our first conference tournament, and then, you know, we were fortunate enough to win it two more years. So, and then actually they won it a fourth time after I left. So, you know, once you get used to winning, you know, I think that breeds that. And like I said, going back to my program, once we can get back to being getting in a positive light, then I think it's going to change everything around. And I'm sure East Carolina and East Tennessee State are, you know, if they've had success in the past, you know, it's always you're always able to obtain it again. It won't be easy. You know, maybe it will be easy. But from what I've seen of the game, all those times that we won, like you said, those battles with Chattanooga, with App State, with Marshall, with Furman. I mean, and even the other teams like VMI and the Citadel that we normally beat, these guys raised their game to a whole nother level that if we have came out and just took the game like, oh, we're going to beat them because we're better. Things wouldn't have worked out the way they did. I mean, I, I played with a bunch of guys that had killer instincts, and if we knew we had you, we was going to just, you know, like my dad said, kick them when they down. Don't help them up. <laughs> help them up in the buzzer sound. So, well, that's something, that's, Michigan, that's what you talk about, the success of that East Tennessee State program. And, um, and no, in, in years, in the recent years, it maybe wasn't, or hasn't been quite what it was when you were there, but it's still been very successful. I guess what it was the COVID season um, that that program won yes. thirty game, thirty yeah. games. Yeah. I hated to see that. Um, I, I felt bad for those young men. I felt really really bad for them. Yeah, they would have. Who knows? But that's a team that could have been a Sweet Sixteen te- kind of team. Exactly. It felt like that's what I was. That's what I was thinking that, that they could uh, make a run like. Like um, yeah. your teams had the I mean, potential. I'm big, I'm big on numbers, and you know, my junior year we won 27 games, which was the school record, and then my senior year we won 28. So I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a tough number to beat. And then this team, they won 30 <laughs> games, and I'm like, wow, they just knocked us right on out the record books. And then they didn't even get a chance to really see what they could have done. That was, man. I, that was a special group right there. And like I said, you know, that's that's why I encourage people to man live every day to the fullest because. The opportunities can change like in the in the blink of an eye. And no by doubt. the way, speaking of numbers, our, our good our, our good friend Johnny Robertson, Jr. 
Mister made an amazing 59.2% of his three-point attempts in his senior season. No one has ever topped that since. So you got that record. I mean, that's that's a lot of work. I put in a lot of work. I, I, it's funny when I when I remember those that year. And it's funny, you know, I, I tell people one of the main things I remember about that year was I didn't hit the rim that much. It was a lot of swishes that was going on. <laughs> and that was, yes, it was, it was, it was flowing. And um, it was just uh, a really, you know, when everything comes together, you know, they say when the stars align, I mean, it was just like every night, you know, my teammates were setting me up for really good shots. And, you know, my senior year is your last year. You want to make a big splash. You know, my, my thing was I need, I want to get to the NBA. So whatever I got to do, you know, and shooting a high percentage definitely raised some eyebrows. So that was that was definitely uh, one of the best shooting moments of my life. And you know, when I hear people are shooting like forty six percent or forty seven percent and or forty nine percent, and they're like, "These guys are lights out." I'm like, "Wow, what's the superlative for what I did that year?" Because it was like you said, it has, I didn't know it hadn't been done since then. But you know, it was uh, definitely. Definitely uh, something I'll never forget. In fact, he said, JR says, I remember your 105-102 game against Memphis and Elliott Perry. Yes, classic, classic. I think he had a, a nice 40-piece that game. And um, you know, two of my guys that I played with, Alvin West and Major Gear, rest in peace, both of them have gone. And I'm sure they're looking down on my basketball program, making sure I'm doing things right on this end. But that was a I, I respected them so much because I didn't have to guard those type players. <laughs> you know, I guess the coach didn't want me to get into foul trouble. So I kind of always played the the I guess the easier offensive player. But these guys, they had to go to war against some tough guards every night. And, you know, that's that's what a team does. And let's bring in our champion now for the sports objective, Kyle from LaGrange Barber. You won a lot of tournaments, haven't you, man? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what kind of tournaments they were, but, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to prop you up, man. I'm trying to help you out. Help a brother. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've won many, uh, many tournaments. I, uh, none, none of, none of note though. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, how's everybody doing? Sorry. I joined the show late guys. Uh, been a busy day. Um, so, uh, I wasn't sure exactly what time we were doing the show and, uh, been kind of busy. I hate to come in late, but uh, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all go ahead, and I'll, uh, I'll jump in uh, when I find an opening. All right, that sounds good, Mister. As uh, far as you were talking about the program, and uh, I think it comes down to I use this term a lot, but a mindset. You guys, when y'all were playing, you had a mindset, and it's like you were talking about earlier. It's like experience brings confidence. You were winning conference tournaments. You're winning 27, 28 games, and is that what it takes? Uh, I guess for you guys. Uh, for you being a high school coach now, those kids, those guys have got to have the mindset that they're going to win a whole bunch of games this year, right? I mean, it I know it takes more than that, but you got to have the right mental part of the game too. I mean, you know, being in the coaching game for a while now, you know, I've come to understand for real to me, you know, I, I feel like it's two types of teams. I feel like you got your team that understands what it's going to take to win a championship, so therefore they're going to work for it. They're going to work in a way where they know how important all the details of the game is. They know how important it is to get to the practices and, like you say, get there early, leave late. They understand 
clock awareness. You know, they understand maybe they have tradition there, but they understand what it's going to take to win a championship. And so they're going to work like that. But then you got that other team that knows they don't have a chance of winning the championship. So their their thought process to me is a little bit more selfish. It's more so about whether we're not going to win it. You know, usually the high score gets their name in the newspaper. So let me at least be the high score. And, and that's just a different type of thinking that I'm not used to. So, and I see, you know, our team, like I said, they won six games last year. So I know their, their mind, their thinking of, you know, somewhat a little bit selfish. So now to try to get them to understand that basketball is a team game and this is the direction I want to take the program in, you know, now I just got to make sure I, I find the right kids that's wanna, that want to go along with that because, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. And I think a lot of these kids in this generation, you know, they want a lot of things, but they don't necessarily want to work for them. And I didn't get it that way, you know. So whatever you're going to get from me is you're going to earn it. You're going to work hard for it. And it's going to be on you to keep it. And if you do that, then usually success is going to find us at some point. No doubt. And when it comes to when it comes to a team like uh, you guys have had a lot of success, uh, a lot of success at East Tennessee State. As far as East Carolina, I mean, we only have two tournament appearances and it's only a few winning seasons in the last 50 years. It's not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to tell you how many winning seasons we have versus losing seasons. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really hard. It's kind of like being uh, not to pick on our buddy Kyle, but they've been better in recent years. But if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, there was a long drought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's a big Cubs fan. Uh, but <laughs> they've been better in recent years. But it's that, that, that's the way we are with basketball. Our football team is usually pretty good. Right. We, won't talk, we won't talk about this year. Um, and our baseball <laughs> team is very good. And a lot of our Olympic sports are good. But our men's basketball, even our women's basketball, made the tournament last year. They won the American mm-hmm athletic tournament uh, championship down in Fort Worth. Um, so really the men's basketball is really the piece that we need now as far as to, I won't say make it to the next level. I love our conference, but if, if we've ever, if we ever want to make it to quote unquote, the next level power five, whatever, then we're going to have to do our men's basketball program. We're going to have to, and I think it comes down to one word and that's investment. We're not investing enough in our men's basketball program. Mm. Mm. So let me ask you this: what, what do you think the Pirates are known for this year? I mean, are they are they a tough team? Are they you know they're, they're a fast team? I mean, can they shoot it? Well, I mean, what is this? Uh, obviously, you're right there, not too far from Knoxville. Um, obviously, um, so much success for Rick Barnes and the, the Big Orange, but you know, w- with the success the Volunteers have had. You know, a lot of that success um, prior to the last couple of years um, was was uh, partially because of uh, Mike Schwartz. Um, you know, he was largely responsible for the defense, and um, so Coach Schwartz is in his second year in Greenville, and you know, he he prides himself on aggressive uh, man-to-man defense. Mm. And like uh, so, so if you had to had to pick something that's you know is our quote calling card, so to speak, um, that would be it. You know, taking a look, um, you know, prior to that last game against Delaware State, and we had played back-to-back games against South Carolina and Florida, both games that we had chances to win, South Carolina and Greenville, Florida, down um, in a neutral site game in Lakeland, Florida. And um, we held, held the Gators to 70 points, which was a season low. So, mm. so 
and that that would be that would be it. Uh, and then, you know, we have have a a couple of very talented big men. Uh, you know, kind of versatile big men uh, in Ezra Sar and Brandon Johnson. Brandon um, really has the ability to knock down the three point shot. Uh, you know, much like Seymour uh, at six eight can can step out and, and knock down the three and then um, and can also take it to the basket but then and then Ezra is more of a downhill you know drive the ball to the basket um, very very quick and uh, you know he's he's out of the Charlotte area and uh, and then you also have a, a point guard uh, transferred in he's originally from North Carolina from Durham but um came in from Kansas after winning a national championship with the Jayhawks, Bobby Pettiford Jr. So he, he does a really good job of, you know, running things offensively. Yeah, from a talent standpoint, I think we're as good as we've been maybe, you know, high. it's certainly in the last 10, 15 years. So we're, we're as talented as we've been. Um, I think we're better than our record indicates for sure. We lost a couple of games early where we were trying to figure out who we are. And then you play Florida and South Carolina to the wire. No shame in those losses. Um, I think we're better than our record indicates. But let me ask you this, mister. Mm-hmm. How do you think the current landscape of college athletics with NIL and the portal affects a school like East Tennessee State versus, you know, a, a power conference school or even a higher men major that plays in the American like East Carolina? How do you think that the current landscape of college athletics with NIL and portal affects a an East Tennessee State or, or any school, you know, like that in the SoCon, Big South, Ohio Valley, et cetera? You know, I, I think it's – I'm still kind of mixed on it right now because, you know, when you get that extra year, you know, I think some – let's just say East, at East Tennessee State, for instance. If you got guys that's come up through the program and now you're finally in their junior and your senior year and you're finally waiting to get this opportunity to play, and then now you got a kid from Kansas who just like won the national championship and now is going to get ready to go and play somewhere else for her fifth year. I think that kind of can put you in a bad spirit, so to speak, you know, knowing that you've been waiting your opportunity and you think you're going to get it. And all of a sudden, uh, what is it? Uh, a diamond in the rough falls in your lap and now it could alter your, your outcome, which is, I think, I think that's challenging for some of these young people, but at the same token, some of these players probably could come in and help bring some more vision and things to the school that might not have been there. So it's, I'm kind of like in a mix for it. I, I think it's, I think it's a bonus now for some of these kids that whether they're at the division two level and they decide they want to even go play their fifth year at a NAI school where they can probably showcase their skills a little bit better or, got somebody in the ACC that might want to come to the Southern or, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just really a mix right now for me, but I, I think it's, I think in life it's about competition, right? I think if you're going to be a competitor, if this is the sport you're going to play, like I said, you got to put more time and more effort into your craft and, you know, it's, it's a totem pole effect in the game of basketball. You know, you got certain players that are at the top of the totem pole, and then you got certain players that's near the bottom. Unfortunately, they don't really get treated the same, but, you know, us as coaches know that this is still one team and we got to try to make everybody feel important. So I just think it's it's, it's, it's a win-win. I mean, I think 
you get a chance to go somewhere else and, and maybe perform and, and be seen a little bit more or you work your way up and you compete with these people that's coming in. I, I, I just think it's a challenge, Kyle. And, you know, I think what is the, they say the strong will survive. Yeah, what you're saying, and that, that seems to be kind of largely the philosophy of Mike Schwartz. Um, he wants he's made no bones about it that he wants to to do his best to build with high school talent. But then um, you know, as he as he needs to, you know, bring in guys like a Bobby Pettiford Jr. from from Kansas, uh, Jaden Walker from Iowa State um, that is in his second year with the program that was part of a Sweet 16 run with the Cyclones. So um, definitely, you know, supplement. Uh, and then, you know, when he came over from Tennessee, he brought uh, Quentin DeBouget with him from there, even though he had not really played uh, very much at all for the Vols. And uh, so we had had a comment here from uh, Johnny Gardner. He said, he said, this is what makes college sports and especially college basketball tremendous. And we're in crazy times for sure. The, the admin at e- ETSU, um, needs to listen to the passion of one of your representatives an elite an elite one at that and if he has interest welcome him home with a with a position in the future i mean you know east tennessee state has always been special to me and um you know that that's another place that you know i I prayed about if you know god grant me that ability to coach there one day it would just be another full circle moment i mean i I don't know who's been able to coach at their high school and at their college. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, if they have, if it has been done, I'm sure they were probably thrilled with that opportunity. So, you know, if, if that, if that door opens one day, then, you know, I mean, I'm 55 now, so I don't know how much, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long the coaching window will continue to stay open for me, but I just know, you know, that place is dear to me, just like Culpepper is. And like I said, I'm gonna do my best here to try to, make sure this community is, is proud of the product that we're going to put out there on the court and down the road you know you know hopefully you know your your program there at Culpeper County you know has plenty of success and uh, you're there several years but you know something else that Johnny may have been referencing in addition to to coaching um perhaps is just you know some sort of you know fundraising or ambassador type of role on just just um, because you obviously care about your alma mater. Oh, yeah. I think, like I said, you know, I I really enjoy coaching, but at the same time, you know, I understand I enjoy watching good basketball, you know. So and I know that's the thing about being a former player. You know, I can impart my experiences, my wisdom on these young people. And, you know, some people will understand it and it'll stick with them and it's going to help them be, better human beings, better basketball players. But then, you know, some people, you know, it, it might be a little bit too much for them. So, you know, however it goes, you know, I, like I said, I just continue to try to make a difference, whether it's directly or indirectly. As far as the one of the things we talk about in this program, it doesn't matter the sport, is mental toughness. You had that. How do you relate that from, I mean, watching you play back in the day, and uh, I'm sure I need to show my son, Alex, he's basketball is his favorite sport, um, but he's a three-sport athlete. But uh, how do you have that mental toughness to not rattle? Because there's times when you see teams and it looks like, you know, like life, everything's going well, they do great. But when adversity hits, then they kind of, they get rattled. That's the only word I can think of. Right. I mean, 
for me, you know, being a smaller basketball player, you know, I came up in a sport knowing that it's a tall man sport. So to me, I already had the cards stacked against me. You know, I've always had to deal with people saying you're too small. You'll never be able to do this. You'll never be able to do that. And, you know, that right there made me mentally tough because I couldn't I couldn't listen to them. You know what I'm saying? My dream was to get to that top level. And, you know, if, if, if hearing people tell me I can't do it, that's not helping me. And so I, I already had to learn how to block out things. So now when you start going into these hostile high school arenas and then you get to the college level and you hear these people trying to get you out of your game, at an early age, I was able to, you know, laser focus myself on the task that was at hand. And so that's, and then, you know, you get older and you start, you go to college and you start playing with some other people that are tough. You know, I always said, you know, playing with Marty Story and Calvin Talford and, you know, Chad Kelly, these guys, these were tough guys. And when you see them doing tough guy stuff, it kind of gives you ability to feel like, well, shoot, I can be tough too for my size. And so, you know, those guys help add to your mental toughness. And, and then, like I said, it's all about a belief in yourself. You know, that's, that's one of the things I always treasured about the game of basketball when I was able to fully understand it. I mean, I know it's a team game, but that one-on-one matchup for that quick offensive possession or that quick defensive possession, if you can win that, that competition right there within the game was something I always wanted to challenge the next person for. I always wanted to be like, okay, I'm up at 6 a.m. running, making my jump shots, working on my footwork. When I match up with you, I want to see if what I'm doing is going to be better than what you're doing. And you might not be able to tell that in that little quick segment, but the guys that can tell that, we understand. That's why we get to a certain point. No doubt. In fact, uh, our good friend, Shell Powell says great show as always boys. And Mr. Jennings, it was a pleasure to listen to your experiences. Now look, his son, Randy plays basketball for Charlotte Catholic. And if he ever had a chance to play for you, it'd be great. Happy new year. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Happy new year. So our shell, are you saying that you're going to transfer Randy yeah. to Culpeper County? You know, uh, <laughs> come on down the VA. <laughs> uh, no doubt. Uh, Mister, as far as uh, how's, know, how's the lacrosse in Culpeper County? Isn't isn't he like a, a Division One level being recruited oh, yeah. lacrosse player? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a uh, Randy's one of those uh, special guys, and I know Shell won't mind me talking about him. Randy is a three sport athlete. Um, mm. He he is really good at football and uh, lacrosse and basketball. And um, I love, but he's, but he's like Division One caliber lacrosse, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, lacrosse. He is. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's probably going to go to a, a Duke, Carolina, um, Virginia, mm. Maryland, one of the uh, really good lacrosse teams, and um, so we'll see how that uh, how that goes. But Shell is uh, a great guy, and uh, let's see here, uh, Johnny Robertson. Hey, Mister, I'm going to catch a Blue Devils game. My in laws live off of two twenty nine. Sounds good. Make sure you come up and say hello to me, man, so I can so we can you know. JR told me you was going to come to check out a game. <laughs> yeah, JR is like one of those guys that uh he's great with stats. 
Yeah, you may guy. actually want to use him, uh, Mister, um, if you're coaching <laughs> there, because uh, he's a great statistician. He can probably run your stats for you. You'll probably want to keep him on staff, and that's uh, that's no that's no BS. That's that, that dude, that dude is a great statistician. Hey, I don't have that right now. You know, sometimes you know, me and my assistants, we be so into the game. At the end of the game, I'm like, how many turnovers did we just have? And we'll be looking at each other. I mean, we got to go back and watch the film, but right, we usually we have a good. Uh, we usually have a good guess, and it's in the twenties. <laughs> Johnny, if Johnny goes to your game, he'll, he'll have those stats for you at the end of the game. Just just check with him in the stands. If you ever need a prop prop bets, I'm not talking about high school, but college. Johnny's one of those guys that has unbelievable stats you don't even know that are stats. Wow. Um, yeah, he's he's know. that guy. Good. Yeah. Know. So Johnny's one of the best. So we appreciate John. We have two Johnnies. Johnny Gardner and Johnny Robertson are awesome and uh, been with us for a long time on our show. Nice. Before we great. before we shift away from basketball and and wrap things up. And we appreciate you being so generous with your time. But I know we had the question earlier from Shell uh, regarding an NBA uh, memory and the toughest player you, you played against uh, and so forth. And it, talk about your time with the Warriors. Um, you know, obviously, um, being from where you were from, uh, I mean, I guess talk about coming back to play at the Hive and, and, uh, in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that that was something you had the opportunity to do. And uh, and what that was like, and uh, as far as maybe friends, family, um, be able to, oh, yeah. to come come and watch you play, and uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, m- maybe a maybe maybe a story that you could share about your about your time in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a, a, a few stories about those times. I mean, especially the Warriors, man. That was just like I said, you know. Any, I'm sure you guys have all dreamt certain things that you wanted to achieve in your life. And if those dreams come true, it's just like one of the best feelings ever. So to dream to play in the NBA and, you know, finally make it with the Warriors was like, you know, once again, a blessing God has bestowed upon me that I just, you know, I kept believing it could happen, knowing that everybody doesn't make it to that level. And, um, you know, and then when you you get there and you, you meet Tim Hardaway and you meet Chris Mullen, a dream team player, and you watch their work ethic and you watch what they do as pros and you start to realize like, okay, at this level, man, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work going on that, that people just never see, you know? And I just, I just, I just, you know, when you talk to people and I understand, cause you know, playing college basketball was like four of the best years of my life. You know, you, you, you grow up as a person, as a basketball player and you know, you, you're not getting paid. So, you know, you're playing for the love of it. But then when you get to that next level, you know, you start to hear people say, I don't like watching the pros because they don't play hard. They don't. And I'm thinking to myself, if, if you thought I didn't play hard once I made the pros, then our basketball convos aren't going to be that long because evidently you don't know what it takes to stay at that type of level with those type of players. And I remember my rookie year, I, uh, I just dropped 22 against Miami and then we go to Orlando and I get injured in that game. But you know, that next night we're getting ready to fly to Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I didn't finish the game in Orlando. Actually, they carried me off the court. And, you know, we get in the locker room. And I remember before the game, you know, this is when Shaq was in Orlando. And Coach Nelson was like, you know, I'm going to give $100 to anybody that can draw a foul on Shaq. Because, you know, if you can get Shaq out of the game, of course, that's going to give you a, a better opportunity. <laughs> so I guess at the end of the game, I get on the bus and 
you know, he, he looks at me and said, you're going to be all right to play, little guy? And I was like, you know, I don't know. I guess we're going to see uh, see how my knee is feeling. And he was like, okay. He said, because I plan on starting you against Muggsy. And I was like, oh, okay. That sounds good. I said, but uh, what about the $100 for that foul I got on Shaq? He was like, oh, you did get a foul on him. He reached in his pocket and gave me $100. So he's definitely a man of his word. And, and then we get to Charlotte the next night and, you know, my knee was feeling a little weird because, like I said, I'd never had a serious injury. And, you know, I, I put on my I put on my gear and, I, and I'm and i walking okay. And then when I get out on the court and I take my first jump shot and I felt a pain that I'd never felt before. And I was like, I can't play on this. And come to find out, I tore my ACL. So I, I missed the rest of that season, which was definitely, you know, a, a why me moment. You know, why this happened to me? You know, my dream has come true. And, you know, why God? I can't believe it. But. You know, God ain't gonna put you through nothing you can't handle. And next thing you know, He helped me find some good doctors out in LA, and I got the got the surgery taken care of. And next thing you know, I'm back in the NBA. So uh, that that one story. And then you know, every time we came to Charlotte, you know, Johnson City, my the the faithful from there would always come up and support me. Uh, one of the closest places for one of my some of my friends to come and see me play. So getting to go to Charlotte was always like a, a real nice thing. And I remember Alan Bristow might've been the GM there at some point. And, you know, he was interested in, in me back in Muggsy up. And I was thinking to myself, two small guards. I don't think he's going to really give us a chance like that. So I, I kind of ended up going to Denver after that, but I was like, you know what? I, I would have been nice to Muggsy was the one that kind of really, made me believe, you know, and he, and when I got a chance to play against him, you know, walking up to him, shaking his hand, and he gave me nothing but love. So it was like definitely one of those uh, Charlotte moments that I'll never forget. Because then when I did come back, I did get to start against Charlotte. So I knew when we played Charlotte, I was going to match up with Muggsy and I was going to get an opportunity. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go to his camp um, back when I was, I guess, middle school age, um, about the age my son is now. And then last year when my son's a fifth grader, you know, Muggsy was sitting courtside and had the chance to go up to, to Muggsy and ask him to autograph his hat. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. My son uh, becoming educated on Muggsy Bugs. Right. <laughs> uh, hey, so, mister, did you, uh, you, you tore your ACL? Uh, was that in the game where you fouled Shaq? Yeah. Well, no, Shaq fouled me, but uh, I was I – okay. I was playing against Chris Corciani at the time. He was, you know, we had our battles when he was at NC State. So oh, it was yeah. kind of like we both in the pros now. And uh, like I just made a certain little move. And the next thing you know, I, I heard something pop. But like I said, I had had no injuries that were anything similar. So I didn't know what it was. All I know was when they told me it was, uh, you know, that's what it was. And actually – I got with the Denver Nuggets like a couple yeah. of years, I think 96, 97, and I tore my other ACL against Oof. Muggsy in the preseason. Man. So I set out that whole season. But then after that, I went over and finished my career over in, overseas where I had some good success over in France and in Spain and, and Russia, Germany, things like that. So, yeah, basketball showed me the world. Let me ask you a question real fast just about Shaq in general because I'm a, I'm a Shaq fan. Back when you were playing in the 90s and Shaq was playing for the Magic – did you ever envision him becoming like one of the most beloved people in all of sports? Like everybody loves Shaq. Like people say he's yeah. the nicest guy in the world. I don't know if it's an act. I've never met him, but every you can't find anybody that says they he's, hate Shaq. Did you envision sort of, that? Yes, yeah, super, super, super nice guy, man. I mean, 
you know, I remember when we were at, uh, I think I was at East Tennessee my junior year. They played, uh, I think that's when they had uh, Chris Chris Jackson. And uh, I, I remember seeing them for the first time. And I was like, him and Stanley Roberts, I was like, oh, my goodness. These are two of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. But Shaq seemed like he had a little bit more bounce than Stanley. So, you know, when uh, when we finally did play Orlando, you know, I was the type that, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to speak. I'm not afraid to say hello to you. And uh, we was near half court. And I just said, I don't know if he knew me, but I was like, what's up, big fella? How you doing? He was like, Mr. Jennings. Mr. Jennings, what's going on? I was like, oh, Shaq, Shaq, giving me some love a little bit. So, but uh, I mean, it, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, he was, you know, that's the game, you know, in the NBA, once you at that top level and you start to figure it out, and once he figured out how powerful he is, how certain people can change the game through their strength, and um, he definitely did it. And then, like you said, he, he did it in a respectful way, you know, I think he I think he mentioned when he played against uh, the Rockets, he had too much respect for Elijah Wan. I think that was the last time he respected any center. You know, after that, <laughs> it was like I got to I got to play my style of basketball and it is what it is. So, yeah, Shaq was definitely a, a super nice guy. Uh, it had been nice to th- I knew I would have threw him plenty of lobs. I knew we would have connected <laughs> the way he was catching them back in his day anyway. So. Uh, that that would have been something nice if I had a chance to run the pick and roll with him. I I know I could get open running that pick and roll. That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt, uh, Mister. I had a question. I were an hour, a little over an hour now, um, but my question is: We have uh, one of our star running backs who um, went on to the NFL, Keaton Mitchell, for the Ravens. He tore his uh, ACL, um, and uh, it's uh, sad because he was having a good season. But uh, how long did it? My question is quickly: How long did it take you to recover? I guess you can talk about both times, both ACLs. Um, were there differences, similarities? And also um, for a kid like that who's having a great year with the Ravens, uh, a team that's going to go deep, his dad actually played defense for the Ravens for that 2000 um, championship team for the Super Bowl oh, champions. Wow. Legacy um, player. What's that? So he's a legacy player. Legacy player, yeah, for the Ravens. So mm-hmm. he's having a great year. But how do you bounce back from that is my question. I mean, you know, it's definitely in the work ethic of it. Um, I think my first one, you know, I, I think I was back in like seven and a half months, and that's wow. without a brace. Yeah, so that that one, yeah, I guess the 90s, I was so hungry. The surgeries have came a long way since then. That's really impressive. Yeah, they have. yeah that's what I'm talking they about. Have. They have. And so I think when I came back in seven and a half months without without having to wear a brace, I was thinking, you know, when it, when I tore my second one, I automatically was like, okay, I'll be back in seven and a half months. But that one took like 16 months. Wow. Now, uh, yeah, that's because the the way I was working wasn't the same. I guess, you know, when you my rookie year when it happened and I was so hungry to try to get back that when I did, I, I guess I just assumed that when it happened again, it was going to be that easy for me. But, you know, you get older, you right. start – you know, realizing that your body don't recoup the same way that it used to. So I would say for him, as he probably already knows, having those the best doc team doctors probably in, in sports right now, um, I would think you got to work hard to get back. You know, my, my motivation was, I got okay, I got one good knee now. Now I'm playing against guards with two good knees. How am I going to really adjust to that? 
And, you know, it just made me work harder. You know, I just had to get back in the, in the weight room, had to keep building my strength up and my legs and, you know, muscles. I, I didn't have, I didn't know I had muscles in my toes. I was doing so many calf raises and all kind of different things, you know, muscles wow. was just, yeah, everything was just starting to come back in a good way for me. So you just, you, you can't get tired of the, what is that? I think they call it the dog days, you know, when you start to wake up and you don't see much improvement and you start to feel discouraged, but right. you know, through those times is when I was like, well, I got to keep, you know, believing that I'm going to keep getting stronger. So as long as he keeps his faith, you know, you, you got there once you can get there again. You just got to really work hard to get back to that, that uh, top level. No doubt, mister. We appreciate you very much. I know that you're going to speak in the top level. You'll get your alma mater, the blue devils, Culpepper uh, County, Virginia, and uh, proud of you. And uh, thank you so much. In fact, we'll have you back on to talk more about, uh, it's hard to believe, but it'll, it won't be long and we'll be uh, talking tournament time with uh, March Madness. Looking forward to it, man. I wish you guys the best. Have a great ending of 2023 and look forward to chatting with you in 2024. And, you know, Happy New Year to you guys. Thanks for taking the time to, to chat with me. I, I always look forward to it. And like I said, I wish you guys the best. Thanks, man. Appreciate it as always. And look forward to having you in 24. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night. Appreciate Mr. Very much. Mr. Jennings, one of our favorites. And uh, I didn't realize it'd been that long, but we enjoy having him on. I'll tell you what. Yeah, we've uh, had him on before, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah been I was in there. It was one of those things where, you know, my memory is here lately. I was in there. It's like, I swear to God, we've had him on before. Do we have yeah, with, uh, coach. Yeah, yeah, that's the okay, last that's time. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, all right. That's all I can. Yeah, I referenced that episode, Kyle, but right before you signed in, uh, saying saying that was you know, some uh, tremendous memories. And, when was that? Uh, Maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, sometime during basketball season a couple of years ago. Um, but we had him and Coach Mack on going back to the Southern Conference days. Yeah, it was legendary. You know, Mac was at Chattanooga, and and, and then Mister was at ETSU. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I it was coming back to me as we were interviewing him. But. Yeah. So, guys, uh, obviously a lot of uh, things going on. Uh, believe it or not, bowl season going on, and uh, we have uh, just want to get your thoughts while we have a chance. I know we've been talking basketball. Um, if you guys want to talk a little gridiron here for ECU football, I just want to get your take on how things are going as we're in the dead period right now, but it's going to heat up. Uh, no pun intended next week as uh, we have on Tuesday uh, through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday, we have a little short window for the transfer portal before the spring. Yeah. Um, I, you know, our signing class was good. Love our transfers. Did the transfer to in uh, like the staff, the staff hires we made Damon magazine coming back. Um, obviously we talked about JDB at nauseum, uh, the O-line coach. So I like the changes in the off season. Um, the news broke here recently that uh, the uh, the kid from Miami, uh, what's his name? Antoine Jackson. Yeah, Antoine Jackson going back home um, to, uh, to which, Mama. Yeah, which should surprise no one. Uh, and nope. and that and that's not a shot. That's just you know really you know me. I, I started to say stating a fact. Uh, not uh, it's an opinion, but. It, well, look, hey, look. If, if anybody saw what the kid did with the hat game and then the stuff he's put on social media, media. Yeah. no one should be surprised. And the way his mama acted, that got out in public. Um, and, you know, 
Yeah, which was tacky. I mean, I'm just gonna say that's the only uh, word I can think of. But, but you know, I, I um, I, he's a talented kid. I don't know if it was his friends in Miami in his ear. Uh, if he got mad at what we're paying some players coming in and thought his value was the same. Look, I do hope that we are not just concentrating this NIL deals on incoming players. That you do have to take care of your boys that are here. But you know, I, I don't know what he wanted. I don't like the way he handles his business. Um, at least. Um, from the outside looking in, I don't know what kind of kid he is in the locker room, but from the outside looking in, I don't like the way he handles his business. He's a prima donna, seems to be a prima donna. Justin Butt says, y'all just wait till next fall. It's going to be a great year. Mark it. I, I think the potential's there. Um, I think we still got to get some more pieces on the O-line. We got to get from Maine. We got a couple good junior college offensive linemen. Um, but uh, I do think the potential's there for us to have a big turnaround next year. No doubt. And uh, have you guys heard any more, and maybe uh, the guys, uh, men and women listening and watching right now, uh, as far as another quarterback, I haven't heard any more. That's been kind of quiet. I haven't heard anything. So um, I know it's been a holiday season, so maybe my mind is in the holidays and not focused on the program sure. enough. I don't know. You know, I don't – who knows? I would think we would go after another quarterback, you would think. Um, yeah. I know you got Cole Hodge coming in, and um, – Cole was very impressive with his interview with Bubba, uh, but he's still a high school kid, um, no experience. Um, you know, you, you, you have we heard if uh, if Flynn's coming back? No, I haven't no, he's heard. Not, anything. Or we haven't heard. We haven't no, heard I haven't heard anything. I, that's what I was saying. It's like that situation with Flynn. Uh, are we getting another? You would, you know, like you said, I, I agree with you one thousand percent. We've got to get another kid. But uh, I mean. Is, yeah, because you, for two reasons. I had heard to, that um, that Alex may even want to go through spring ball and then make a decision. I mean, we can't, we cannot allow ourselves to get in that situation. Well, you know, you you have him going through spring ball and then says I'm going and, to... and, and getting a lot of the reps, and then well, no, I'm, I'm I've decided I'm. Well, going to it's the decision. Well, wait a minute now. It's the decision to go through spring ball because he wants to see if he wins the starting job. Or because he wants to see if he's going to be the backup. If we bring in another quarterback and he's competing for the backup role, we we got to prepare as if he's leaving. We right. got to prepare as if he's leaving. And it, Flynn ain't going to win the starting job over over. Uh, uh, you're right. So it, it, I um, you know, but we, we can't. I I just don't want us to get in the situation that we were. Le- Last year, you know, heaven forbid, the, let, let's say Flynn moves on and then you have Kate and Hauser, um, heaven forbid, you know, something happens game one or early on in the season. And then you're faced with an, with a 1993 situation where, and, right. and this is nothing at all against Jeter. Um, you know, Raheem Jeter or Cole Hodge, because I'm very excited about the, the potential that both of those guys have. Unproven. But it's back to that, right. a, either a redshirt freshman or a true a freshman, true freshman. Uh, uh, and not only a true freshman, but a true freshman that unfortunately, you know, to no fault of his own, doesn't have the benefit of being able to go through spring ball because of the school he attends. Uh, he has no option but to to come in the summer session. Well, here's the thing it is if it's a situation where Flynn is going to go through spring ball, to see if he gets the backup role and he'll stay on. 
um, then if we don't sign another quarterback, to me it's simple. You just make Flynn your backup quarterback. It's not that, it's not that hard. Um, so, uh, but if he if he's going through screwball to see if he's going to start a job, then if he don't, he's transferring out. I, I tell him to go ahead and pack his bags now. I say go go ahead and be a doctor, son, um, and, and get another quarter. I, I I try to bring another quarterback in regardless. But can, um, how many you can have five quarterbacks? I can have as many quarterbacks as you want. There's no limit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. So that's what I thought. I just want to make sure. Ole Miss had seven, I think. Yeah, I, I don't uh, have a problem. Kind of surprising nobody has transferred from there. Well, um, that was my next question. Is is uh, I might well generically, I was going to ask you guys that tonight. I thought about that this morning. Uh, are there uh, are there any guys potentially that we could get from Ole Miss because you have a tight end situation where uh, where he's co- uh, where JDB was. Well, we got a tight end that's transferring out at Ole Miss that has significant playing time. Bubba, do you want to talk about that kid? Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Bobby, do you have the information on the tight end that's transferring out of Ole Miss? Sorry, I stepped away for a moment. To, no, I don't have any information on that kid. But um, well, he yeah. was experienced. He caught multiple touchdowns. Yeah. Um, he not their starting tight end, but one that was used. I think did he have seven touchdown receptions? Hey, wow! In his career, um, well, in his career. Oh, I thought you meant. Yeah, well, that's still good. I mean, that still means you've been used. Yeah. So, I mean, so, uh, are you referencing what I shared earlier today? No, the other day, the other day. Okay. Okay. A- Cause I was going to say I shared earlier today. Uh, maybe I think this is just as Matt. Um, and then also I know Johnny Gardner and I were discussing it. Um, a young man from Mississippi state, um, uh, that it kind of been, uh, perhaps recruited as both, you know, a, a defensive lineman and a tight end, um, when we, we have an offer out to him. Am I out of my mind that there's a tight end from Ole Miss that has seven touchdown receptions that entered the portal? Did I? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're wrong on that. I, I'm, okay. I, 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 I don't, remember I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah. I swear we had this discussion, me, you, and I thought yeah. it was the whole group, uh, the group chat, but yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. But. So you would think he would be, um, somebody JDB would be interested in. I would think he obviously coached him. Yeah, that's what I was saying is there, you know, hey, even if it's one guy uh, from the offense or two guys, uh, Justin says there's an Ole Miss guy in the portal that we're looking at. So there you go. Thank you, Justin. So the young man that I'm referencing is um, he is from Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, Jacarius Clayton. Okay. Home of Elvis. 6'6", 240 pounds. Um, on the Mississippi State roster for 2023, he was listed as a tight end. But like I said, um, coming out of high school, I'm, I believe he was perhaps recruited as both. Um, so, obviously, pretty pretty athletic kid that uh, has some nice versatility there and, and said, for what it's worth, a four-star um, by Rivals which ranked him the number 18th player in his class at his position and uh, number seven in the state of Mississippi as an overall prospect. Wow. So, uh, and then he, and then he also played, uh, also played basketball, which is another reflection of uh, his, his athleticism and versatility there. So six, six, 240 pound tight end, Jacarius Clayton from Mississippi state. So keep an eye on that. We, we have an offer out to him. 
And you think about it too, guys, with our <clears throat> defense and we've made it not to jinx it. We've made it guys to uh, December 27th. Uh, and we still have Blake Harrell. So I'm feeling a little bit better. One year ago tonight, we were winning the Birmingham Bowl. I knew you were. I knew somebody would bring that up uh, Saturday when Troy lost to Duke. I was thinking about the very fact of, man, I wish that we were back bowling, but I think we will be. I really do. I have not watched hardly any bowl games this year. Carolina lost. I was listening to that game on on the radio on Sirius XM in West Virginia. Uh, twenty-seven to ten, the the in Charlotte, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and by Carolina, Dave means UNCCH. Yeah, they uh, they, they, they lost to to Country Roads. Uh, I think I think it was maybe a thirty ten final, something like that. Oh, was it thirty ten? Oh, okay. I yeah, I know, I know. I know. I watched some of the Texas State Rice game last night. I've I watched some bowl games. I I just have not been locked into bowl season with us not being in them. Um, bowl games are just weird anymore anyway. Um, so I, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah I was joking with Justin Butts earlier. He, he messaged me saying, he said, wow, this, um, this weather in Annapolis for the Tulane Virginia tech game in the military bowl is absolutely nasty. He said, I'm glad we're not in this. I said, well, I'd much rather be in that weather than sitting at home because we're two and 10. Yeah, no doubt. I'd, I'd gladly. Uh, being uh, being uh, Indianapolis playing in bad weather. Yeah, Justin says JDB from my understanding has reached out to a few guys at Ole Miss, so I would think he would. I mean, the yeah, guy, you would think the players really liked him. Uh, so, um, not that that matters, but I he does have good oh, it certainly, it certainly matters. You're not going to come play for a coach you didn't like. So no, yeah, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about my point is that he can coach. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether people like him or not. It matters whether he can coach. If he can coach, they like him. Um, that's we've had a lot of great guys that were nice guys, but we need guys that can win. So, oh yeah, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. But in terms of portal, yeah, yeah, I know what yeah, you're saying. It's a bad relationship. Yeah. With him. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, I'm glad that. In fact, good... it may be even more important now, unfortunately, that you're a nice guy because of portal and people like you. I. I really wonder, um, had this portal thing been around when Ruffin was here, um, how good Ruffin would have been working the portal oh my gosh. a few years ago. Great point. Great point. Oh, my gosh. That is tremendous. And uh, with our ability to for high school, the kid from um, – his name, his name uh, escapes me. I know of him. I know a relative. Uh, uh, his uh, – his uncle is a local guy in Williamston, but he actually played quarterback and um, safety. He was definitely a D-back for Tarboro, and to have him stay was a really big – I thought that was a good get for us. A great athlete. Uh, you have a great program that's used to winning. Um, you Who keep are you talking about? You're talking about a high school recruit from Tarboro? Yeah, yeah. he, he was okay. a good get. I'm talking about um, – what I'm saying is I was happy that we're not only the transfer portal, what I'm saying is – I'm also happy that we're getting not only good high school players, but a guy like that in the two five two. He could have gone to the ACC um, for sure, um, but glad that he stayed home. I was uh, I was in Williamson today, Dave. Uh, what are the? I, I was riding around checking things out. I guess it's a better conversation for off air. But what the hell? Um, right. I, uh, the the old middle school, the junior high school. The middle, what are they just going to let that place fall down? That is supposed to be um, the guy. Is I'm trying to think of his name. They, they're trying to make it like a, a youth kind of center. They have a similar vision of what I would do with oh it. Oh boy, they ain't doing. But, it looks horrible. 
but they, cosmetic work. Yeah. The, uh, the problem is, is that, that, that situation is a long story, but I will say they should have, I've said this many times. So it's not like it's, um, anything scandalous for me to say on air. Um, they should have, uh, many years ago, they should have torn down the middle school and built a school, a new school, right on that same property. And then you wouldn't have the, then you wouldn't have the eyesore in a, a really nice part of town. Boy, it looks, you know, it is a nice part of town. It looks exactly like it did when I went there, except older. I mean, it, yeah. I literally pointed at the fence. Um, you know, if you, if you look across from the lunchroom and you see the fence where like, it used to be a baseball diamond. Yeah. I, um, I, I pointed to this. I said, right there. So that's where me and my friends used to hang out at right there at that fence. I was telling uh, <laughs> Jessica, my wife, it looks exactly the same yeah. except old and decrepit. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a, I think it was off the top of my head. Don't quote me, but I believe it was built in the thirties. I'll have to look it, that up. It, it is right. old. Yeah. yeah. Really so, EJ Hayes is also very old, but it's historic. So yeah. For people that don't know EJ, the reason why EJ Hayes is, uh, is, uh, very important to Martin County and to our school system is that is that was the high school before integration for the African Americans to go to. And if you're wondering why do I bring that up, well, Herman Boone, if you know the movie, yep. remember the Titans, he was the coach there. Won three national kept, championships. Yeah. And, or national uh, state, championships. state championships. In fact, uh, Ricky Lanier uh, that played for him actually scored, uh, I think they beat Snow Hill High School. It's a state record, guys. Y'all have now to known as Green Central. Yeah, um, eighty-four to nothing. It was something ridiculous. Um, I don't think I forget how many touchdowns, but that record I would imagine would never be broken. But um, how many touchdowns that Ricky had in that game? But anyway, um, just very legendary, as you know. Remember the Titans is one of my favorite movies. But um, Herman, did we reach out to Coach Boone and try to get him on the show? And he and he didn't passed have any away. I think well, this was when he was still alive, or am I just yeah. making this up in my head? Yeah, okay. I thought we did. Yeah, Early I didn't think we tried to get him on the show when he was dead. That was no, just, no, I'm just saying no, we should try that. We should we should see if we can do No, it. I'm saying that some people, what if you let's didn't know? Get, no, wait a minute. Let's get let's get a median. Let's get a psychic median up here. Okay. And let's see if we can get Coach Boone uh through the median. That, that'll be fantastic. Long Island, uh, the Long Island median. We, we can get median, we can we can have Please we can have a median and we can we can have our guests, our guests, shit. We can have our listeners, uh, you know, bring up any sports celebrity they want the median to uh, to kind of contact and like maybe have a question for uh, Babe Ruth, for example. So I think it's a great idea. We're going to do it. We're going to do right. it. Bob will work on that. Get a median for the show. <laughs> I do have a question, baseball related to you guys. Uh, what do you think about the off season in uh, Major League Baseball? It's been outrageous. The amount of money. The, have you seen that, Kyle? You're a National League no, guy. I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about, um, honestly. Oh, I, I like Otani. Do you know I'm who Otani is? I'm a fan, but I don't follow offseason Major League. Bubba, do you know what I'm talking about with the Dodgers? Am yeah, I, I heard. I heard. You know, I heard two guys talking about it. It, um, where was I at? Um, I was somewhere. I don't remember where I was. Might have been Cracker Barrel. Um, and I heard two guys talking about Otani's contract. Um, I know he's like the hey, highest player. player. Hey. Major League Baseball history. Yeah, check this out, Kyle. Seven hundred, seven hundred million dollars, and he's moved the money. Imagine this guy. This guy is so awesome. He actually put his money to the back of the contract is guaranteed, but that enabled the Dodgers. To, they don't have enough, so they're going. Oh, they're getting uh, Yamamoto. 
he's a pitcher from Japan who won the equivalent of what I don't know what it is, Bubba or JR, somebody help me. Whatever the equivalent of the Cy Young is in Japan, he won that. He's oh, never uh, it is called the Cy Young. Okay. Uh he won yeah, he won. He was offered by the Dodgers, get this, Kyle, three hundred and twenty-five million, and he's never pitched a pitch in major league baseball. So those two players alone are over a billion dollars they've spent. I think I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Um Great song. Yeah. That's uh, that's incredible. Um, I I don't know what to say about that. That's a ridiculous amount of money. I don't. <laughs> that's what I, was, that's I don't. I, I, I mean, unless you win the World Series, how do you get return on investment? I mean, unless they're going to move, that's they better put up right big numbers. They better they better win some World Series, and they better move a shit ton of merch. Hey, you know what they said earlier earlier today on Sports Talk? They said. They were really angry that they got swept by the Diamondbacks. So they're like, all right, we're going all in, baby. And they got, yeah, well, Tommy is like the equivalent of a modern day Babe Ruth. I mean, he's that good. And, are uh, you, and so you're saying the money's on the back of his contract? I mean, could this be a Bobby Bonilla situation in the making? Mm, yes and no. I see where you're going with that. But I think Otani is wor- worth the, the chance, the risk, because he's that good. And, it allowed the Dodgers to, you know, basically um, they can win multiple. They That's what Seymour said. What's that? I'm just kidding. He's he's that good. Oh, <laughs> we love Cy. Happy New Year, Cy. Um, yeah, I, that's me. what they call the Cy Young Award in Cy Seymour. They call it the Cy Seymour Award. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. He's a great guy, and uh, I'll take the trophy. But... They, they 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 literally go. It's the Sci-Fi Motor Award. He is that good. All right. Uh, as far as uh, the Dodgers, though, they they don't maybe... offend any of our Japanese listeners. Yeah, there goes that. Uh, but the Dodgers are going to be those team. You can look at it either way. It's a team, America's team, where everybody starts following the Dodgers, or they could that be one of those hated teams if you root team. against them. Could be Japan's what? team. Yeah, and Bubba, Bubba's a Braves fan. So, Bubba, are you excited about it? How much money the Dodgers are spending in the offseason? And how about um, the the <laughs> compare that to the Red Sox? I think Bubba, the Red Sox has only spent like a million. It's something ridiculous, like compared to the Dodgers. Sounded like the Oakland A's. Yeah, it's, That's it's really the Las ridiculous. Vegas A's. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the Las Vegas. Yeah, well. Oakland's lost everything now. So every sports team they've lost. And um, that's a whole nother uh, show. By the way, even though the A's and the athletics, that name has been around for forever. Wouldn't just a simple name change to the Las Vegas ace or the Las Vegas aces. It would, it would, it would, it would be so fitting and sound so cool. But I guess with the A's, the athletics is such a storied franchise. I love that name, the athletics more than the A's anyway. Just say the athletics. Uh, I like the A's. I just A's and the Aces, you know, being in Las Vegas. The A's. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can be the Guardians, I'm sure um, you can be anything. I'm well, an a, a letter A has not become offensive yet. Um, but if it does, then they can change it. Brad Williams says, go Tampa Bay race. He's the only person who have ever said that. Hey, they've got that, that, that franchise. That franchise. I, 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 like, I, nobody is enjoying my comedy except me tonight, but I am cracking <laughs> myself up. Cracking myself up. 
No, Tampa Bay is one of those – I mean, they're winning, and they can't get fans. I don't understand that. Tampa – Mark, my, my buddy Mark. You know my buddy Mark? You yeah. met him once. His brother Jay is the Tampa Bay. I don't know if somebody – no, actually, he lived in Tampa briefly, and he went to a lot of games. Okay. But uh, he, he he is probably the only Tampa Bay Rays fan in Eastern North Carolina, but he's a Rays fan. And Brad Williams. Brad, are you from – Brad's from Eastern well, North Carolina. We're going to have to hook Brad up with Jay. Brad, uh, find Jay Connor, and you guys can keep up with Rays games together. Yeah, you can have watch parties, I guess, uh, viewing parties somewhere. But uh, that team does – I don't understand why that place, as you know, Kyle, we'll get them wrestling. We always have to make a wrestling reference. How many great wrestlers live in Tampa? It's a beautiful place. Oh, man, Tampa St. Pete is, is it a mecca for, for old wrestlers um, and some current guys, but a mecca for older wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, and it's like – it's a beautiful place. I've been there uh, – I've been there three times, and Clearwater is uh, great. Hogan, Clearwater, yeah. Hogan, Jimmy Hart. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Yeah, but anyway, I don't understand. Tampa Bay, well, I'll say this. Tampa Bay needs a new stadium desperately. The Oh, my God, Tropicana. I didn't mean to have this much uh, pro baseball talk, but uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Tropicana Field is a dump, and uh, they, they've got to do something better with that. But you would think they would All have right. – but you would think All with right. the – they're doing a great, they have a great farm system. If you don't know the Durham Bulls, AAA, they've got a great product out there. I just don't understand why they can't get more fans, but maybe it's because they have so much to do in Tampa. I don't know, but I don't know either. I more, more adult, um, more adult businesses in the Tampa Bay area than any other place in the world. Uh, I even not know Vegas pun fact for you. Um, uh, Quick, quick, uh, quick uh, roundtable here. Question: uh, I want to, I want to get in, um, Bubba. Okay. Uh, if you got your ears on, I hope. Um, so, uh, did anybody uh, get any East Carolina related gifts? This is for our listeners. Also, please post in the comments. I did. Uh, and if you got any East Carolina related gifts, what are they? I'll start. Um, I, I got an Anson belt with the with the Jolly Roger belt buckle and the purple belt. And let's see, I also got a Adidas crew neck, um, the interlocking EC hoodie. I like that. Hoodie, I but, no, yeah, that was nice. Crew neck, crew neck sweatshirt um, with the interlocking EC. And I got some, some smaller um, magnets, um, you know, in East Carolina with um, the, the Jolly Roger. And I'm sure something else, but those are the three things that came to mind. I got a, um, I got a strutting, you know, the throwback strutting PD, the Peach Ball era PD hoodie. I got a strutting PD T-shirt. I got a, um, I got a cool um, gray ECU hat. I'll show it to you guys. It's different looking. Uh, I thought it was going to be too small for my head, but I was able to stretch it out. Bubba, you know the struggle. Um, I got a. Uh, I got a couple other ECU shirts and one that I took a picture of because I liked it because it was cool looking and said Pirate Nation. The skull and crossbones were all you, you saw it, Bubba, and how cool it was. And Bubba pointed out, yeah. hey, that says 1902, not 1907. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Bubba. Yeah. Why'd you ruin that? That's, that's a cool shirt. After, but does, does that say established 19, 1902? And he said, and he said it does. Uh, Thanks for wow. ruining it for Thanks me, for Bubba. It for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, a cool, I, it was a cool shirt. I, I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take blame for that. I'm gonna say it was because we created confusion in the marketplace with 1932. the 1932 and then 1907, and they combined them. So it's our fault. 
uh <clears throat> no doubt in fact i know that you had that up on the screen bubba with the uh, home um we have we want to make sure that everybody speaking of retro stuff they've got a lot of cool stuff um and uh we want to push that hard because they've got homefieldapparel.com uh premium cobra apparel uh premium college apparel promo code tso and you get 15 percent off and they've got a lot of cool stuff uh retro stuff right guys up there they do. Yeah, they, um, they don't have my size, so they can kiss my ass. Yeah, yeah, very, very comfortable shirts and hoodies. Um, and then uh, I'll see if I can, I'll put a picture or two up here in a moment before we close out the show. Okay. Well, 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 Dave, did you get anything EC related? I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got like it's a, it's more like a pullover, but it's like it's a um, what would you call it a um a hoodie fleece? Yeah, it's like a fleece hoodie. Oh, but a three it's quarter, a three quarters zip fleece. Yeah. Yeah, I got that, okay. and uh, it's got you know purple and gold. It's got gold on the sleeves, but uh, I did get that. I'm uh, hopefully in 24. My plan is to lose weight, where I have a lot of stuff that's extra large I can't fit into right now. So everybody 2X. says, "Why in the world don't you wear more ECU stuff?" Just well, buy two X. Just gotta buy more two X. Yeah, yeah plenty of it out there. I um yeah I favorite gifts guys non East Carolina related anything cool. I got a really nice, uh, it's kind of boring. I got a really nice, uh, my parents gave me a really nice sport coat um, from Joseph A. Banks. Other than that, that was my biggest uh, okay. my biggest good. thing. But that's good for work. and um, Good present, for sure. Yeah. Bubba, anything uh, anything significant you got, non-ECU related? Uh, Stacy got me some, some dress shorts. Um, what are dress shorts? They're like... Uh, <clears throat> you know, some like... Knee... A lot of folks, you know, guys play golf in. Some, yeah. There's some like. I picture like a little boy on East. Like Eddie <laughs> Bauer. I picture uh, like a little boy on there's East. There's some that, um, these are some, you know, I'd be more like, you know, where during the summer, uh, like like at, uh, at the beach um, with the they, um, navy blue with the American flag on them. Right. Um, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I got you now. Not really dress shorts. You're talking about just like, yeah, and just like nice dress casual shorts, dress, dress casual. Nice thing you'd wear. With yeah, a dress casual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got you. Because I was but, picturing like the little boy on Easter with the vest and the shorts. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome Literally. if you had that. With, with, uh, my bow, with my bow tie. Yes, you'd look like <laughs> you would be adorable. Uh, uh, some uh, some high socks. Yes, you would be so oh adorable. You need to do dress that outfit. Shoes. Yes, yes, in the black, black oh, the leather. Dress, yeah. I, um, but I got yeah. those. That's a visual I didn't need to. I want to see him wear it, like for real. My, awesome. uh, <laughs> my sister-in-law got me a Chick-fil-A gift card. Can never go wrong there. Awesome. I um, I me and Jessica. Chick-fil-A is going to be closed on two two days in a row. Coming up again. Yeah, I know remodels and Kinston and Goldsboro. I'm sure no, I'm talking true. about the, if you think about it, the way the holiday fits. Oh well, the Kinston and Goldsboro Sunday and Monday. The Kinston and Goldsboro location are being remodeled and going to be uh, close for a couple of weeks. I got oh um, wow. Me and Jessica have no children, um, so we we I guess I hate to use this term because it sounds stupid. We spoil each other on Christmas, and I got I don't even want to start listening to things I got because it's going to sound ridiculous. But uh, go ahead. I, I listened to the ECU stuff, but uh, I guess the biggest thing I got um, for me was um, two things. Uh, one, my wife 
gave me um i'm a huge jim Cornette fan as you guys know um, that was cool yeah yeah the 40th anniversary midnight express um gift set you you got the jim Cornette, all three members of the midnight express action figures an autograph picture of Cornette and the midnight express uh a midnight express memory book and a certificate of authenticity indicating that it's the package is limited to only two two thousand that will ever be produced and i'm one of the two thousand people in the world that own it so um, that was pretty cool. And then uh, my stepdad, um, Ron, um, he came over. We had a big Christmas Eve party, and he was over and gave me his gifts from me, and I thought that was it. And then Christmas Day, he asked me to come to the house, and uh, he uh, he gave me um, – it's going to sound weird. My mom passed away back in March, and uh, Ron's a big gun collector, and he had given my mom a three eighty Magnum, a very nice, expensive three eighty Magnum. And uh, he gave me her 380 Magnum, um, which sounds like a weird thing to get. That sounds like something you would get that would belong to your dad, not your mom. But um, it meant a lot to me. And it was, cool. very, was very surprised that he gave that to me. So uh, those would be my two biggest gifts. The uh, the Midnight Express gift set, or collector set, and then the 380 Mag that my mom owned that uh, my stepdad gave me. Yeah, and maybe we can go see, uh, Kyle, maybe we can go see I also got Clint Black match. tickets. I also got Clint Black tickets. That's going to be a great show. Friday, March 1st. I want to see that show really bad. Yeah, the Killing Time. Playing the entire Killing oh. Time album. Plus, uh, uh, tickets are reasonable, Dave. You should get them. Yeah. So, I don't know how they're going to make money on that, honestly. That venue only holds 1500 I, I believe. And the most expensive tickets are like 90. <laughs> tickets are 50 to 90, which sounds expensive. But by today's standards, that's not that bad. Um, he there, was may getting a few, a- there may have been a few hundred dollar tickets, but they were all... I, I don't know... They must be expecting to sell a lot of alcohol to make money on that show. He at one time was getting 15 years ago when I did a show with him. Um, he was getting 50,000 a show. Yeah. I would, expect, I, would, I would expect it would be that much now, if not more. I mean, I, it, yeah. Nineties countries. countries hotter now than it was 15 years ago. Yeah. But anyway, that's inside baseball. Uh, for sure when it comes to concerts, but there's going to be a lot of great shows in 2024. We could do a con, uh, get Stevie up here. We could do a, a concert objective because it's going to be a great year. If you love concerts and Kyle and our Kyle and I will be spending a lot of money. I have a feeling on shows next year. And Brad Williams said he got the EC military hoodie. Brad at his extra cool. Um, nice, so, Brad. yeah, we've got the best listeners and viewers, uh, for sure. And, uh, can't wait uh, for Friday night. A great game, guys. And um, by the way, uh, Kyle, I want to invite you and Jessica to uh, basketball because Bubba came and he said, man, Kyle will love. Bubba, do you remember this when you were with me with your parents? He said he's going to love the new seats on the lower bowl. He's going to absolutely. Kyle will be coming to more basketball games. So let's see if that you guys are welcome anytime during the, the conference coming up in uh, January. I'm sure we will take it up, take you up on it at some point this season. I don't know if it'll be Friday, but uh, some point uh, during um, during the uh, conference season, I'm sure me and Jessica will take you up on a coming to a game with you. Um, by the way, speaking of big games, uh, hey Bubba, a big game Saturday for the Lady Pirates, my dad's birthday. So hopefully we can shock the world. Uh, number, I believe they are they still the number one team in the nation. Uh, the South Carolina ladies. Uh, I believe they were. I don't know. Help me out. I haven't checked in the last couple of weeks, but they were the number one team in the country uh, coming into uh, literally Williams Arena. That's a noon game. And I was told there's single tickets available. 
Um, but anyway, we'll see how. Uh, how about that? He hasn't told Bubba, but he's got two courtside seats for Bubba on Friday um, for that game. So for the Friday game, East Tennessee State. But the ladies have got seats for Bubba. Uh, Justin Butts. Okay. Congratulations, Bubba. Hey, he says if uh, you come, Kyle, he'll get you courtside. I, I doubt I'll be there Friday, uh, Justin, but I'll uh, I'll let you know, brother. Um, I uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the offer, and uh, I still want to get you on the truck next year for the equipment. I think that would be cool. You need to take it. I'm, I'm gonna just go. You know, Justin just lives down the road. I'm gonna go yeah. to his house. I mean, me and Justin gonna I'm gonna come over with Kyle from Lagrange. Just coming over, Justin. Yeah, get that. Break get out on that good road. China. Yeah, you can report it. We can do a show. You can report on the road, talk about how much fun you're having with the guys getting the equipment to whatever game. Um, is that possible, Justin? Is it like insurance? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'd have to discuss it with my job, you know. And, you know oh, I know, but yeah. we would have it. We, we've got plenty of time to arrange it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it would be. Can I, talk I think it'd be the CB? Cool. Can I talk on the CB, Justin? Can I, can I pretend like I'm smoking in the bandit? Can we do like some, can we do like some, some, some Jerry Reed type shit while we're oh, driving yeah. the truck. Yeah. BJ and the bear. What about a BJ and a bear? Have you not seen that show? I don't watch BJs with bears now. I don't know. You're into what you're into, but I don't, you know. BJ don't, and the bear. I heard what you said, but I still, uh, you know, it's questionable. All right. You don't, you don't remember late seventies, early eighties. BJ and the bear, huh? Hmm. Greg Evigan. Yeah. All oh, right. look at this. Look at this. Look, look. Look what Justice says. I'll make it happen. See what I'm talking about, Kyle? There you You're going to thank me. You're going to thank me, Kyle. It's going to be a great experience for you. I look, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're going to we're going to get trucking. As I'm big all, as you are into pirate football and you I are one of the biggest you were going as big equipment. as I am. I don't know where you were going with that. Um No, I'm talking about your how much you love the the equipment. East bound down, loaded up and trucking. We all do what they say can't be done. You can sing trucker songs. We got can, a long ways to go. Short time to get there. Awesome. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. I can't wait, Justin. We gotta can, can we listen to Red Savon? Oh yeah. We, we gotta listen to Red Savon while we're you know, if we're gonna be trucking, gotta listen to a little teddy bear and uh six uh, days on the road. Uh, well that's not Red Savon. No, uh, no, it's not. If anybody that's listening knows who Red Savon is, is laughing their ass off right now. If you don't know who Red Savon is, <laughs> look him up. Justin, if you're into trucking and you're I know, you know, you're your dad's family, business. Yeah, family business. If you don't know who Red Sovon is, you definitely should. I'm sure he does. And you you made that reference to the Grateful Dead trucking. Yeah. That's what? not really. You know the song Trucking? No. By the Grateful Dead? No, do not. Not by name. How does it go? Sing it. Sing okay. it, Dave. I, I sing on the show all the time, Dave. Let's see. Oh, God. I can't. I'm not a singer. Uh, neither am I. <laughs> Yeah, more courage. I need some liquid courage. And he says, oh, hell yes. He knows who Red Sovon is. Yeah, uh, he got a teddy bear and teddy bear too. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the, 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 Dave the, one about his, the one about his dog. And I don't know. He got all kinds of damn corny ass trigger songs. Uh, what, uh, what about um, Convoy? Convoy is another one. Yeah, Convoy was actually done by a radio DJ. It wasn't even a music artist. Sammy. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Help help me out with that for I don't I don't know his name. Number one hit um by a radio DJ. It was quite remarkable. Yeah. Bubba I know knows that song. C. W. McCall. I had to look it up. C. W. Anderson, that's right. Now you're doing wrestling. 
Bubba, do you have anything? I guess we lost Bubba. Breaker, Breaker 1-9, do we have the, the great uh, Bubba? Yeah, Rose? just watching the UFC. Really? Watching the UFC game. What? Right. You're watching the, US... the U- UFC game? USC. USC. Watching USC. USC and Louisville. Oh, I thought you were saying you were watching UFC as an as an MMA. I was about to say, well, when are you into that? <laughs> oh man, the, getting the octagon with Kyle from the Grange Barber, baby. I, I thought Bubba might have gotten in the MMA. I mean, I, I I've never heard him talk about it, but you know, it's no, legitimate. It's a legitimate sport. I can we see saw Bubba a college sport, the MMA. We can have it at East Carolina. Be a huge hit. I tell you, he's big into it. Yeah, how about how about Pied USC? Uh, they're up 42 28 on Louisville. And you have um, obviously Caleb Williams not playing in the game. Miller Moss 23 out of 33, 372 yards and six touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, Lincoln Riley can coach quarterbacks. No doubt about that. Well, do you guys have anything? Captain Bill. <laughs> Lincoln Riley sucks. <laughs> You were talking about MMA. Uh, one of our dear friends, Pirate Al, is a huge MMA guy. So that's a guy that if we ever get MMA at East Carolina, the first season ticket we need to sell to Pirate Al. I don't. I don't think I, NCAA is planning on improving mixed martial arts competition anytime soon. But um, maybe you can push for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. If it, if it, especially uh, that's something we probably could sell out with season tickets for people that probably are not even. Uh, Pirate fans, but they would buy it because they love MMA. I don't know. All right. Uh, well, do you guys have anything before we go? I know we're at uh, about an hour and 45 minutes. So you were talking about Jim Cornor- Jim Cornette, and Corny goes about three or four hours, but uh, for a yeah, show. Let's not, let's not try to do that. Let's, uh, no, let's we're go not. ahead and. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bubba, do you have anything before we go? Bubba's watching USC. I guess that's right. So I want to let everybody know one more thing, Kyle, before I forget. Uh, Those of you that want to uh, renew your uh, season tickets for baseball, you have literally one. uh, They're going to be closed until the new year. So you have one from January 1 to January 8. That's a week. So you'll have a week. And uh, that's January 8th is the last day to recover, uh, to recover, to renew your season tickets for uh, for baseball. So that'll be, I want to let everybody know that. You can go anytime now to ecupirates.com or when they're back open, I assume on the second, first or second, the second, I would assume. And that's 1-800-DIAL-ECU for your baseball tickets. So just want to let everybody know that uh, before we get out of here. All right, thanks to Mr. Jennings. Mr. Jennings was awesome. Big game on Friday night, Pirates and the Buccaneers. The Bucks. that'll be Friday night at 7 p.m. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, and of course, and that'll be at um, Williams Arena and at Menji's Coliseum. And can't wait for that, Kyle, Bubba, and we'll get out of here. Thank you guys so much, and we'll assume we'll have another uh, show. But if not, Happy New Year, everybody! And as always, go Pirates. <laughs>